0: Welcome to the Marriage Today podcast. I'm Karen and this is Jimmy, my husband. We're excited about the teaching today.
1: We have a great teaching today on being best friends in mm-hmm. marriage. Mm-hmm. So it was the foundation of our relationship. Absolutely. We, we started dating about 50 years ago. Hello. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> We've been married almost 48 years, so we started dating over 50 years ago. But um, we have a couple of questions here, Karen. I think you have the first one.
0: I do. My wife treats me more like her child rather than her friend. It's very emasculating. What can I say to get through to her?
1: Well, you know, this, this goes to two dynamics. Um, the, the, you know, the worst thing on earth is to try to change something that's unchangeable. Okay? And the way that God made men and women is just simply unchangeable. Mm-hmm. So if I refuse to accept your nature, then what happens is I'm constantly violating you because I can't change your nature. It's, it's unchangeable. And this is what happened early in our marriage is I just thought you're weird You're not like me. Your needs are not like mine, so I rejected you. Well, I learned that doesn't work. But with men, there are two needs that men have that are very, very important and they're unchangeable. The first is respect, okay? Mm -hmm. Is that I want you to respect me, and the way you say something to me is as important to me as what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to hear when I'm being disrespected, Mm -hmm. okay? That's just the way men are. We're just very sensitive in our egos. It's just God made us that way. Mm -hmm. It's the number, it's the mega need of men and I, I say to women and i say to men too you have to encrypt everything you say in your spouse's language so a, a woman's number one need is security mm-hmm. so if a husband's going to be able to communicate to his wife he has to communicate you're first mm-hmm. i'll do anything to meet your needs there's nothing that's going to come before you i'll sacrifice to make sure you're okay and women are great But with a wife, she has to encrypt everything she's saying that she's saying with, I respect you, Mm -hmm. you're a good man, Mm -hmm. you know, I believe in you. The second uh, need that a man has is friendship Mm -hmm. with his wife. We want to be buddies with our wives. So when you treat your husband as a child, Mm -hmm. not only are you violating, this is what he's saying, my wife treats me more like her child than her friend, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, you fall in love being friends. You don't you don't fall in love because you disrespect each other. Mm-hmm. So with a man, when you're dealing with a man, he needs respect and he wants to be your buddy. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you honor the way that God made him in that regard, it's great. And it says, what can I say to get through to her? I talk to her and I go to counseling. I think that, uh, and also my books, Marriage on the Rock, and also uh, Four Laws of Love, talk about the differences between men and women. I think reading a book together and also going to counseling would be a good idea to break through in this area. That's good. Um, i got a question for you.
0: (laughs) Okay, but I was going to say something about that. Okay. Because this is the thoughts that came to my mind when you were reading that. Um, Because the thing about mothering, I think it's awful. I think when women try to mother their spouse, I mean, I know I do that with you sometimes, and I know in the past I have, and, you know, I agree with you, it is emasculating. But my thoughts, too, when you were saying that is, you know, as a woman, I don't mind being fathered. You know, but I think men don't like being mothered. (laughs) And so, you know, because... I'm going to argue
1: with that just a little bit. I
0: don't mind being fathered. And so, so, but the thought I had was, you know, as a woman, our number one need is security. Right. And so sometimes I think women act out out of insecurities. Oh, absolutely. And not feeling secure. And if the husband's not um, playing the role of protective, you know meeting the I'm not saying that the, everything you said was right but I just had this well, thoughts. Well, but I'm,
1: I'm going to put a different word on it okay. and it's not fathering it's pastoring. Okay. I think that a, that a husband should pastor his wife. Mm-hmm. And that spiritually take care of her, emotionally take care of her, practically take care of her, to where she feels pastored, she feels, mm-hmm. you know, like she's being uh she has a friend and she has a guard and she has a guide there, no one dominating or disrespecting her, but I do think that women like to be led mm-hmm. and they like to be pastored. Um, but, but you're exactly right. When women, a lot of times when women are acting out, they feel insecure. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, it's, this is my thought. I mean, I hate it when I act like a mother. I hate it. I, I mean, I still have a tendency to do it with my kids. Like, oh, yeah, I'm not your mother anymore. Excuse me. <laughs> because we have an inner instinct to mother, to take yeah. care of. Yeah. And so anyway, but well, that, those well, are good answers.
1: My friend Danny, uh, his <laughs> kids grew up and left. And his wife mothered him all the time, so he bought her a dog. And he said, mother that dog and leave me alone. <laughs> so I thought that's pretty good. Okay, here's a question. Okay. Uh, Karen, how do you get your husband to open up? I want him, I want my husband to talk more and share with me.
0: That's a good question, too. Um, I just think sometimes men, different personalities, they're just not talkative, you know, and um, I'm, Not sure, you know, why. And if it's dating, they are more talkative, and then they get married, and they're not. But um, I know it's very frustrating for women because we like to talk, (laughs) and we like to know what's going on. Yeah, and so probably the best thing to do is to find a way to make sure that that husband feels safe, because sometimes men don't open up because they don't feel safe in sharing and that they're going to be uh, scolded or they're going to be judged, judged. or they're going to be criticized, mm-hmm. and, oh, I can't believe you said that. Oh, oh, that's so stupid. You know, I mean, who would open up to that? Yeah. And so to just carefully, you know, guard her words and, uh, um, you know, consider, you know, what would be the best thing and just have an open com- conversation about, is there some way we can help you with your conversations? I don't know. I mean, what do you well, think? Well, I think
1: exactly what you said. Uh, if he feels judged, if he feels disrespected, uh, he's not going to open up um men are emotionally modest uh women are physically modest okay so for men to open up emotionally first of all the more you're you the more you are your husband's friend the more he's going to open up to you mm-hmm. the more you're his mother the less he's going to open up mm-hmm. to you. Um, the other thing too is men need to understand this is a profound need that your wife has this mm-hmm. is a profound need uh, communication open and honest communication is as important to a woman as sex is to a man mm-hmm. and so when you're depriving her of that it's it's huge and the other thing is the more you talk to your wife the more sexual she becomes the more she the more emotionally in touch you become the more sexually in touch she becomes so this is a huge need but uh you say karen how do you get your husband to open up um i think there are seasons that i go through when i'm going through a lot maybe I have stress or maybe mm-hmm. I have a lot of my mind or tired or I'm tired and you're you know you want me to open up and so and I think that you tell me that mm-hmm. you know I want you to open up and talk to me and I open up and mm-hmm. talk but sometimes not I think we, we have a great conversation life we have a lot of great communication but when I'm going through stuff I think that's when you're patient with me but you tell me I want you to open up Mm-hmm. and that
0: helps yeah i'll say you're withdrawing <laughs> yeah
1: okay we're going to the teaching now where we're going to talk about being friends in marriage is the you know that's really the prize in marriage for all of the life from dating to death the the prize of marriage is being married to your bud to be married to your friend and so this te- that's just what this teaching is about if you haven't subscribed go to apple podcast spotify podcast and be sure to subscribe to our Marriage Today channel and also leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. We're gonna to go to this teaching on how to be friends. This is Proverbs eighteen twenty four. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, uh, friendship is mostly developed or lost in hard times. Okay. Good times are great. You know, when we're friends and things are going great, that's great. That's good. But when hard times hit, you will either gain my friendship more or lose my friendship more for what happens in hard times. Now, Karen and I, our marriage got healed. And the Lord miraculously healed our marriage. And people started coming to us for marriage counseling. And I came on staff at the church. So I was speaking in front of people. I'd never done that before. I was terrified of that. Of every issue I was, well, I lost my friendship with Karen, um, Karen became the enemy and I was trying to succeed at church and I was trying to be all things to all people and not fail. Um, I lost a couple of years with my kids. I don't remember those years. I have vague memories of those years, but I don't remember very well. And the only thing I remember was just working my tail off, trying to not fail. And the motivation was fear. It was a hundred percent fear. And i would come home at night and karen karen's a great woman she's just a great wife but i would come home at night and and what i what i wanted her to do when i came in at night was say, you poor baby you've been fighting evil all day (laughs) you know you come in here and you don't lift a finger we got you taken care of and that's what i wanted okay but that's not what happened (laughs) and i would come in the house you know after a 12 to 14 day day at work seven days a week and she said I need this, Brent needs this, and Julie needs this. And it, it, it grated on me. And uh, I thought, I am trying to pastor a church. I'm trying to minister to people. I've been visiting the hospitals. I've been counseling. I've been doing funerals and weddings. I've been preparing for messages and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and so she would just stand there. And look at me. I mean, I was exhausted. I was just gone. And she would just look at me like, I need this. Brent needs this and Julie needs this. And I thought, sister, you're persecuting the Lord's anointed. <laughs> God's going to strike you dead. <laughs> and you better watch it. Oh my gosh. So we started fighting about that. And um, uh, I started sleeping on the couch. And I just thought, I'm, I'm tired of that nonsense. So And i was very self-righteous about it i was very self-righteous and um i was praying the third night on the couch i was praying and i was praying for karen for god to change her hard heart (laughs) and i was laying there on the couch and and i said lord i pray that you'd help karen because she's wrong (laughs) and here's what the lord said to me he said you have communicated to karen in real terms that the church is more important than she is now you repent and I, I, I said, get behind me, Satan. That you know, But you know when it's the Lord. You know. So I went into the bedroom, and Karen was in bed, and I said, Karen, I'm sorry. And she said, what? And I said, I, I need to leave the church. I'm not prepared. I've never been to seminary. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm terrified. And it's just killing me. Now, the church was growing. I mean, the church was doing good. It was killing our family. And Karen said, Jimmy, God called you to the ministry. Just don't turn your heart away from us. Just come home and be at home. And so I stayed working for the church. And I went to the elders. And I said, help me. Help me to not be all things to all people. Help me to cut back. Protect me because I'm, I'm burning out. I'm, I'm no good at this and all this stuff. Well, they did. But, but here's my point. I wasn't faithful to my friend, but my repentance to her was one of the things, because I was deeply repentant, and I changed. I changed everything after that. You have to be faithful. You can't just be your spouse's friend when you want to be or when it's convenient. In the hardest time, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. It's the hard times of life that your friendship is developed the most. It's the hard times in life where the trust in our relationship is developed the most. That's when we have to pay the most attention. And if we've made a mistake, that's where we have to be careful to go back and make it right. The second foundation of friendship is believing in each other. And this is what it says in James 2. The scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friends of God. Best friends, you know, you'll never be friends with someone who doesn't believe in you. And so, did you know, by the way, one of the reasons for marriage is that it brings us both to our full potential? That what we do for each other is we both release the potential in our spouse. Let me give you an example of this. The number one need that a woman has is security. And a woman becomes in an atmosphere of security. A good husband is a good greenhouse. He provides a a, a nurturing protective environment for his wife well when karen and i got married i never considered her calling i never considered that because i was a chauvinist i didn't believe that women were as important as men and so um i believed in karen I, I, i loved her physically and i loved a lot of things about her and i praised her for that but because of the environment that i created for karen of insecurity she never became So one day I'll stand before Jesus and give an account for what I've done for Karen. Understand this. Every husband is God's partner to bring his wife to her full potential. But in order for that to happen, you have to believe she has potential. You have to believe that God made her in her mother's womb to do something special. Whatever that is. And as a husband, my job is to be God's partner to find out why God created Karen and to believe in that. In other words, if I don't get mine, she's going to get hers. More important than me getting there, I want to get her there. I want to make sure that my wife understands if she's a stay-at-home mom, if she's a teacher, if she's a nurse or a doctor, if she's an astrophysicist, I want her to know that it is very important for me that she gets where God created her to be, that I believe in her. And that's what heals women. What scars women is for them to be lesser, not believed in, have to fight for everything that they get, So it's a husband's role to believe in his wife, to speak destiny into her. In other words, not boss her around, but to agree with her that there's a special call in her life for every woman. Men become in an atmosphere of praise. A man's number one need is respect. We don't need what women need. We need respect. Men become in an atmosphere where they're respected and praised. A good wife is a good cheerleader. A good husband is a good greenhouse, but a good wife is a good cheerleader. And the more you praise your husband see 1 Peter 3 says a wife can change her husband without a word as he observes your chaste and respectful behavior respect is so powerful in the life of a man will change our behavior for the person giving it to us you can win your husband if your husband's doing the wrong thing you can win your husband as he observes your chaste and respectful behavior it is so powerful When we believe in each other, it's inductive. I want to be around people who believe in me.
0: How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy, you go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com.
1: We become friends by embracing each other's differences. You never, you, never, uh, you never have a friend who criticizes you all the time and who rejects your differences. Now, if you married someone normal, they're not like you. Now, that doesn't sound good, but it's right. If you married a normal person, they're just completely opposite of you. Now, we need to be compatible, but compatibility is not based on sameness. Compatibility is based on character and values. Do we believe in the same things? Are we going the same place? Do we want the basic same things in life? That's what makes us compatible. But even if you're very compatible, if you marry your perfect soulmate, you're just completely different than they are. And there's three types of differences in marriage. There are rejected differences, there are tolerated differences, and there are celebrated differences. When Karen and I got married, I completely rejected her differences. She was a normal woman, but I didn't understand women. And I just thought I'm normal. She's not like me, so she's not normal. And, um, you know, the... Uh, the saying that marriage is about becoming one. The question is, which one? (laughs) And a lot of times we get married and rather than accepting the differences in our spouse, we try to train them to be like us, which is impossible. You you can't change the unchangeable. And the surest way to fail is try to change the unchangeable. A woman's number one need is the need of security. Her number two need is open and honest communication. Her number three need is soft non-sexual affection. Her number four need is for leadership. For her husband to be the loving initiator a uh, man's number one need is respect his number two need is sex his number three need is to be friends with his wife and his number four need is domestic support how can you be more different than that we're different we're two halves of a whole and so many times in marriage you know rejected differences mean you're weird you need to be like me because if, if you were like me you wouldn't be weird anymore but you're just when i would say to karen karen when we first got married she would say something. I'd say, that is so weird. It wasn't weird. She was just being normal. She was just being a woman. But I, I rejected it. The second thing is tolerated differences. It's, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. You know, women, you can't live with them. You can't live without them. I'll tolerate you. You know, you're pretty, so you can hang around. <laughs> Celebrated differences. You're, I'm so glad you're on my team. I just think you're awesome. You know, we fit together just like this, don't we? All OF MY WEAKNESSES, YOU FILL THEM IN. IS IT JUST AWESOME HOW GOD PUT US TOGETHER? THIS IS JOHN 15, 15. NO LONGER DID I CALL YOU SERVANTS, FOR A SERVANT DOES NOT KNOW WHAT your, HIS MASTER IS DOING, BUT I HAVE CALLED YOU FRIENDS FOR ALL THE THINGS THAT I HEARD FROM MY FATHER I MADE KNOWN TO YOU. AND SO FRIENDSHIP MEANS BEING HONEST. OKAY, THIS IS THE NEXT ONE HERE. BE A SAFE PLACE OF refuge FOR YOUR SPOUSE. If there's going to be honesty in the relationship, it just means I'm going to be a... Listen, here's here's how you know who your best friend is. It's the first person you call when something great or bad happens. Why do you make that call? Because they're safe. I know that if if something bad happened, that they're going to be merciful. If something good happened, I know they're going to celebrate with me. I KNOW THAT THEY'RE NOT GOING TO BE DISINTERESTED, I KNOW THAT THEY'RE NOT GOING TO BE UNKIND OR JUDGMENTAL, AND SO THAT'S I WANT TO BE KAREN EVANS SAFE PLACE. IF ANYTHING GOOD OR BAD HAPPENS IN HER LIFE, I WANT HER TO COME TO ME FIRST. AND FOR THAT TO HAPPEN, I'VE GOT TO BE NON-JUDGMENTAL, I'VE GOT TO BE A GOOD LISTENER, I'VE GOT TO VALUE WHAT SHE SAYS, AND I HAVE TO BE THERE IN THOSE TIMES SHE DOES IT. SO I'M GOING TO BE HER SAFE PLACE. HERE'S ANOTHER THING, AND THIS IS CRITICALLY IMPORTANT. Be fun and creative and have a positive attitude. Uh, Proverbs 18, 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Now, I do a a seminar called Sex, Love, and Communication. And in there, I do a a teaching, and it's called The Fun Fun Factor. Now, this is an interesting thing. Um, Having fun in marriage dramatically improves your marriage. And one of the danger signs in marriage is when you're not having fun. We talked to women for just a minute. Come into his world. Don't get lost in the identity of a mother. And one of the things that happens that can damage the friendship of a marriage is you get married and you begin to have kids and you have three or four kids or whatever. And all of a sudden your kids own you. you. You know, you're doing everything you can to please them. And you lose your identity of a friend to your wife and being a mother to the kids. And sometimes you can even start treating your husband like a kid because sometimes I can act like kids. And so everybody's a kid. And all of a sudden, you're lost in the identity of a mother rather than being your husband's best friend. And one of the most important things is to have fun with your husband and to go into his world, to find things that you enjoy doing together. But I told the story recently about a couple that their, their marriage was healed because she went deer hunting with him. And she didn't deer hunt. But their marriage was in trouble. And she said to her husband, he was going deer hunting, can I come with you? And he just turned and looked at her like, sure you can come with me. We love that. We love that. You know, and it doesn't have to, women, a lot of times, they consider a date something that you really worked hard on. But, but a man, it's a date if we jump in the pickup and go down to 7-Eleven. I mean, it's just, just being with you is a date. Just being in your presence, having fun and hanging out, that's a date. So you work hard at having fun. The last thing is bearing each other's burdens. This is Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Galatians 6 says, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, that's what friends do. So when Karen and I wake up in the morning until the time we go to bed, and this is the truth, we serve each other. That's all we do. I do the stuff I'm good at. Karen does the stuff she, she's good at. And we serve each other all day long. We bear each other's burdens. And so physically, you know, I'll, I've got an office at home. And Karen will call me and say, I'm coming down the street. I've got groceries. You know what that means. That means meet me in the garage. There's some fetching and toting you're about to do. Okay. I do that. I love it. See, here's another way to say that. My friend is not someone who stands back watching me do something and doesn't help. Right? Friends help. You're moving and they say, you need some help? Something's going on. You need some help? That's my friend. My friend is not going to sit there and watch me do something that's a burden and not help me. So my, my job is to do what I'm best at. So Karen will say to me today, can you go get the mail? Can you do this? I fold clothes. I, uh, I vacuum. I, I make beds. I, do, I don't cook for health and safety reasons. I, there's, <laughs> there's limits to what I can do. But Karen serves me all day long. When I was getting ready to come here tonight, Karen said, uh, what do you need? And I said, would you mind doing this and this? No, she goes and does it. So we we serve each other. We bear each other's burdens, but I'm not gonna stand back and watch her working and suffering and doing something that I can do without helping her. Because why? Because we're friends. And so if you didn't develop the right skills of being friends, maybe when you're dating and maybe your your friendship has taken a hit from some issues you've had in your marriage. Again, these things, anybody can do this.